I don't know if you've ever been on a date. Uh, maybe you've been at a dinner party or something like that. And people start asking those get to know you type questions. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, oh, where'd you grow up? You know, where do you work? That sort of thing. But then it's like, tell me about the best vacation you ever took. Or tell me your favorite flavor of ice cream. One of the most common get to know you type questions is if you could have a conversation with anyone, whether they're alive or dead, fictional or real, who would you want to talk to? Anybody ever had that question asked to them or you at least know of the question? Yeah, okay, definitely. There are a million different ways you could answer that question. Maybe you'd want to talk to somebody who's famous and alive today. Maybe you'd want to talk to somebody from history. One of the most common answers that people give to that question, though, is they say, look, if there are no restrictions on who I can talk to and get answers from, I'd love to talk to God. I would love to sit down across a coffee table from God and ask him big questions like, what's the meaning of life? Why are we here? Am I living for something that really matters? God, can you please tell me because I really want to know. You might ask questions like, God, why is there so much suffering in the world? Or, you know, why did I get this diagnosis? Why is there so much pain or war or whatever it might be? Honestly, you guys, if I, like Pastor Dan, if I had the opportunity to sit across a table from God and talk to him, you know what I might want to ask him? I might want to ask our father, why, God? Why would you allow the abomination known as ketchup chips to exist? Like, I, what, I, I know, I know I'm in Canada now and I'm supposed to like those things, but I cannot do it. I can't. I am, I'm convinced most days of the week that God wants what's best for us. But when I walk down the chip aisle at Sobeys and I see ketchup chips, I'm like, God, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Okay, okay. I'm just kidding about that, right? The idea, though, is that if we could ask anybody anything, then we might want to ask God some of our big burning questions. These are not just like, you know, dinner party or date kind of cheesy questions and things like that. This happens to me a lot as a pastor. I'll be counseling with someone and they'll say, you know, I just can't wait until I get to heaven one day and I can ask God, God, and then they fill in the blank with whatever question they have. Why or how come or where were or whatever, right? Or I've heard Christians that are talking to each other and one might be counseling the other and they say something like, I know this is all very confusing and it doesn't make sense and you don't have the answers you want, but one day you're going to be standing face to face with God and you'll be able to ask him all the questions you have and you'll be able to get all the answers that you've been seeking. Now, underlying each of those kind of statements is an assumption that God doesn't speak in the here and now. Do you realize that? It, why else would we say, well, maybe someday in eternity or when I get to heaven or perhaps one day I'll get to look at God and ask him a question. Underlying those sorts of statements is the assumption that God doesn't speak here and now. We might get answers someday, but there's no way that we can get answers today. That is the assumption behind those sorts of questions. Now, here's the thing. I want you guys to recognize in this new series that we're calling Frequency that we have a God who speaks. We have a God who speaks. That you don't have to wait until you die and stand before God. You don't have to be some super special, holy, saintly kind of Christian in order to hear God speaking to you every single day. We have a God who actually speaks. The problem is not that God is silent. The problem is that typically we're deaf. We're not able to pick out his voice among all the noise around us. And so my hope is over the five weeks of this series 
that will help tune your ear a little bit to the voice of God. So that as you go throughout your day, whether it's school or work or ice hockey practice or driving down the road, whatever it might be, that you could actually pick out the moments in which God is speaking to you. Because I believe he's speaking constantly. Now look, in order to illustrate you know, how God speaks to us, I want to point you to this really fascinating story that happened in the Old Testament. So we're going to be in the book of 1 Kings chapter number 19. And uh, if you don't have a Bible with you, no sweat. We're going to put the words here, the verses here on the screen so you can follow along with us. 1 Kings chapter number 19. And in this story, we read about a guy named Elijah. Now Elijah was uh, a prophet. And what that meant is he would get a message from God. God would speak to Elijah. And then Elijah's job was to deliver that message to whoever it was that it was supposed to go to. And so oftentimes the messages that Elijah received, they were, um, they were calling him to speak truth to power. So he would speak to the king of Israel and he would say, hey, God doesn't want you to go to war with these people. He's not called you to be a violent king. He's called you to be a peaceful king. Or, you know, you need to take care of the vulnerable populations in our country. You need to care for those that don't have anyone to care for them. So he's speaking truth to power and it ticks some people off as it often does. And so although Elijah had a lot of highs in his life where he really delivered a message and God used it to transform people or his community, there were also a lot of lows. And in 1 Kings chapter number 19, we're actually at a low point in Elijah's life. He's feeling really depressed. I don't know if any of you can relate to that, but Elijah's having a real bad day. In fact, Elijah's having such a hard time with everything that he has decided to leave his post in Jerusalem, the capital city. And instead he has run away to the hills and he is hiding inside of a cave in a mountain. He is literally hiding and God shows up and begins to ask him a question. So look at what happens here. The, the passage starts out with the Lord saying to Elijah, what are you doing here, Elijah? Well, Elijah replied in verse number 10, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you. They've torn down your altars. They've killed every one of your prophets. I'm the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. So when God says, Elijah, what are you doing here? He's like, I'm hiding. I am trying to stay alive, God. I want to keep my head. All right. That's what I'm doing. Now, the breakthrough for Elijah is going to come when God speaks into his life. And I'm telling you, the breakthrough in your life is going to come when God speaks into your life. The scriptures tell us in Genesis chapter number one, that God's words are so powerful. That was what he used to create everything. God spoke and it all began. If his words are powerful enough to create the known universe, they're powerful enough to give you a breakthrough. So watch what happens when God speaks to Elijah. Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. So Elijah, get out of the cave, go stand outside. The scripture says, Elijah stood there and the Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountains. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake. But again, do you notice the scripture says, God was not speaking from the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire. But again, the Lord was not in the fire. Now watch this. Verse number 13 says, and after the fire, after the whirlwind, after the earthquake, after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. And it was in that gentle whisper that the Lord spoke to Elijah. 
This verse gives us a really important principle. And I wanna kind of give you the bottom line for this message right up front. So if you fall asleep in the next few minutes, at least you know what I was trying to say, okay? I think this passage and many others in the Bible, they teach us this. The world screams, but God whispers. The world screams. Anybody ever feel like the world is screaming at them? I do, man. It's like there are so many voices that are constantly vying for my focus and attention. The only way it seems that they can differentiate themselves to me is to just get louder and louder and louder. It's like everywhere I go, everybody's like, Dan, over here, Dan, no, no, over here, over here. Everybody's screaming and shouting. You've got advertisers, you know? And they're like, hey, Dan, you're never gonna be happy until you come buy our product. Focus, over here, this is what you're looking for, right? You've got friends that are like, pay attention to me, I have needs. You've got the government that's like, hey, over here, pay your taxes, bro, it's time to go. Everybody's constantly shouting. Everybody's fighting for my attention. Now, this is not just figuratively true. I mean, the world is literally ratcheting up the volume. Did you know that in 2007, the Canadian government had to pass a law that made it illegal for TV stations to broadcast their commercials at a higher volume than their regularly scheduled programming? Do you know that? Maybe, you know, I mean, this is a while ago. We don't really watch commercials anymore. Thank you, Netflix, right? But back in the day, you'd be sitting on your couch and you'd be watching a perfectly nice program. And then as soon as the commercials come on, it would be like, you know? And they had to say, no, 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 don't do that. I know you're trying to get people's attention and you're trying to scream at them so they'll focus, but we're not gonna let you do that. Have you noticed on Facebook now, and I kind of like this actually, but on Facebook, um, Facebook will let you post a short status in a larger font size. You know, if it's under 35 characters, they give you the big letters. Why do they do that? Because if you wanna get attention in our world today, you have to be louder, you have to be bigger, you have to be more intense, you have to be more colorful, you have to do something to stand out from all the volume and noise around you. And then Twitter, oh my goodness. Twitter is nothing but screaming. Most people avoid Twitter because it's literally just shouting all the time. If you don't believe me, I'll point to the guy down to the South. And he proves my point. Online and in the real world, everybody's just shouting, 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 trying to get attention. Now, it can be easy to assume that because all the other voices in our life are shouting, if God were going to be speaking to us, he would also need to ratchet up the volume so that he could be heard above all the noise, right? And I mean, that makes sense because he is God. So if he were gonna speak to us, you would expect him to speak with this big, booming voice. You couldn't ignore it. You could not hear it, right? It would be so obvious above all the screaming around us. It's almost like we assume that if God were speaking, it would be with the cat lock on, you know, he's just gonna, wow, here you go. But we read here in this passage and we read in many other places in the Bible that while the world screams, our God whispers, he whispers. And so if you're trying to hear God's voice in your life and you keep looking for the loudest voice of all, you assume God would be bigger. He would be, he would have more volume. He would be more obvious than every other voice that's speaking in your life. You know what? You'll miss the gentle whisper. It's so counterintuitive. We would expect God to get louder than all the other voices in our life. But instead, and purposefully, God seems to get quieter. He gently whispers. Or another translation says that God speaks in a still, small voice. Hey, why would God whisper? Why would God whisper? Well, I mean, there are a few reasons. One is like nobody's whispering these days. Like I said, everybody's screaming and shouting, right? So if God whispers, that's at least unique. But I think other reasons are this. God 
chooses a method of communicating with us that requires both physical and relational proximity, okay? So if you're going to whisper to somebody, you have to be close to them, right? You can't be far away and whisper. You've got to be right there with them. And you won't let just anybody whisper in your ear, will you? If you doubt that, this week I want you to go get on the C train and I want you to find somebody and sit next to them and I want you to say, psst, I want to whisper in your ear. That's how you get pepper sprayed, you guys. Okay, so here's the deal. God chooses to speak to us in a way that requires us to be close to him and to trust him, to lean in and to actively listen to him. I think many of us don't hear the voice of God every day because we expect God to be like everybody else. Hey, Dan, over here, over here. And instead, God is like, Dan, follow me. No, 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 ignore them. Come with me. I've got something for you. God speaks in a whisper while the world is busy screaming at us. That alone will tune your ears to the voice of God. If you were to walk out of here and literally nothing else I say lands with you, this will be a key to you starting to hear God's voice because you're not looking for volume. You're looking for intimacy. You're looking for the still small voice, that gentle whisper that is there amidst all the noise, but you've let it be drowned out up to this point. The world screams, but God whispers. Now, If God is whispering, if that's the the way in which he speaks to us, what are some of the things that God might be whispering to you and to me? What are some of the words that he could be whispering to us each and every day? And the reason that I think this is important is because if you know the kind of stuff that God would say, then you might actually be able to pick him out amidst, amidst all the noise. So maybe if you heard somebody saying, I love ketchup chips, you'd be like, well, I know that's not Pastor Dan because he told us how much he hates them. So the words that are used can reveal the source of the speaker. And the same is true of God. So what are some of the whispers that God might be speaking to us each and every day? Well, I think first God whispers encouragement to us. I believe he whispers, whispers, he doesn't whisker, he whispers words of encouragement. Look at what the Bible says in in Romans chapter number eight, verse 16. How good is this? For God's Holy Spirit speaks deep encouragement to our hearts, telling us that we really are God's children. He gives us deep words of encouragement every single day. You know, if you pay attention to the words that are spoken, the voices around us, you know what you find out? Most of the voices in our world are speaking words of discouragement, not words of encouragement. Are you with me? It's so true. Most of the voices around us are negative. So as I mentioned, you've got these advertisers and they're like, you'll never be happy until you buy our new toothpaste, you know? That's discouraging. You're not good enough on your own. You gotta spend your money in order to be happy. Maybe your mother-in-law is like, constantly insinuating that you are not raising her grandkids, right? You know, it's discouraging voices. Maybe your partner or your spouse is like, you never help with the dishes ever, ever, ever. And I'm so tired of doing the dishes all on my own. It's a word of discouragement. You watch the news media and they're like, honestly, don't even worry about the doing the dishes because we're all gonna die from the coronavirus anyway. It's words of discouragement. Everywhere you turn, 
every voice seems to be negative. This is even true inside of the church, quite frankly. Um, At my last church in Florida, there was a really nice woman. She was really nice in every way except for one. Every time I would preach, she'd be sitting there on the side of the auditorium with her legs crossed, notepad in her hand. She's taking notes. And I'm like, dang, she really likes what I've got to say because she's writing down all these notes and stuff. Nuh-uh. She was writing down everything wrong that I said. Every Bible verse I misquoted, every time I used the wrong tense of a verb, you know, she would write it down. She'd come up and she's like, now, Dan, you're doing a great job, but let me help you. Words of discouragement, man. It hurts when people judge you that harshly, right? Every voice in our world seems to be discouraging. That's why I believe God is constantly whispering words of encouragement to us. I think God is whispering words of encouragement like, you are my child. He is speaking words of love and acceptance of grace and goodness to each and every one of us. He is inviting us into relationship with him. Now you might be saying, Dan, I'm not sure if I believe that. How can I be God's son or daughter when I'm not even certain that God exists? Can I remind you graciously that facts do not stop being facts just because you don't believe them? You know what I'm saying? Like either you are his son or daughter or you're not, but it won't change based on whether you accept it or believe it at this moment in time. And at least according to what the scriptures say, we are all the children of God. We are his sons and daughters by creation. And so God is constantly speaking these words of encouragement saying, I love you. I want a relationship with you because you are one of my children. Many people go through life and they're like, if there is a God, I don't really want to talk to him because he's probably super mad at me right now, right? No, when you read the scripture, God is speaking words of welcoming and encouragement, invitation into his family every single day. Now, maybe you're here and you're not a religious, or you are a religious person actually. And you're like, but Dan, is that really true? Because I always thought that we were all rotten sinners on our way to hell unless we turned to Jesus, you know? Yes, But can I remind you what the book of Psalms tells us? The book of Psalms tells us that God does not deal with us according to our sins, but instead he deals with us according to his mercy. Do you realize that? God doesn't deal with us according to our mistakes, our rebellion, our sinfulness. He deals with us according to our mercy. So that means that God doesn't see us as we are, broken, flawed, sinful people. God sees us as who we can be through his son, Jesus. Forgiven, redeemed, made whole. And so God speaks to us as he wants us to be rather than as we actually are. I I just come to believe that so much of salvation is recognizing that what God says of me is true rather than what my enemy says of me is true or what my mind might tell me is true. We have all these negative voices speaking discouragement, even when it comes to our relationship with God. God would want nothing to do with you. And the whole time God is saying, no, no, no. I want to speak deep encouragement to you that you are my child. I believe God whispers those words to us, no matter our greatest achievements or our deepest regrets. He is constantly saying to us, hey, you're my child. This doesn't have to be your life. You don't have to run from me. You don't have to be afraid of me. I wanna be your father. God might also whisper encouragement saying, I love you. I love you. 
You know, when we say, I love you, typically we mean, I have feelings of love towards you, right? But when God says, I love you, he actually means something totally different. He doesn't mean, oh, I feel loving to you in the same way that we might use it. Instead, the word that God uses means, I choose to love you at all times, no matter what. There is nothing you can do to make me love you more or to make me love you less. I, the Greek word, the biblical word is agape. I choose to love you regardless of whether you're being particularly lovable today. I tell you guys all the time that God's love for us is based in his character and not our behavior. You've got to understand that. This is the gospel. This is the good news. That even though we're broken and sinful and flawed, even though we've run away from God and hid our face from him, as the book of Isaiah says, God still loves us, every single one. Maybe the only sort of love that you've ever experienced in the world is people saying or at least implying, I'll love you if, I'll love you if, you're faithful to me. I'll love you if you meet my needs. I'll love you if you can or if you never. But with God, there are no ifs. There is simply the love that he has for his creation. The Bible tells us that God is love. God is loving because God is a loving God. I think God would whisper words of encouragement to you like, I'm proud of you. There are some of you that are here, and I know because we've had conversations before, and you're like, does anybody see the effort that I put in? Does anybody know the sacrifices I make on behalf of my family? Does anybody know that I'm giving and living generously? Does anybody know that I roll out of bed at six o'clock in the morning so I can be here to set up and tear down? Does anybody notice the hard work I put in? My boss doesn't seem to acknowledge it or reward me. Does anybody see I'm trying so hard? I believe God sees it. And I believe God says, I'm proud of you. Of course, you guys, there are parts of our lives that we need to change. We need to bring under the lordship of Jesus. We need to submit. All of that is true. But I just have the sense that if we were sitting down across the coffee table from God himself or Jesus, okay, so let's say we're sitting across the table from Jesus. I just don't believe that Jesus is gonna say, you are rotten. I can't, I, like you, you mm, 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 mm. I don't want anything to do with you. You are a, you're a screw up, you don't listen, you're constantly running away from me. I just, you know what? We're gonna put you back on earth. You got a couple of decades left, but when you come back, it ain't gonna be so nice. I just don't believe those are the discouraging words that God would speak to us. I believe he would say to us, you know what? There are things in your life that I want you to change, but fundamentally, deep down inside, I know that you're trying. I know that you're working hard. I see what you're doing. I'm proud of you for it. And I want you to have this love relationship with me. How great would it be if the voice we heard every single day was constantly reminding us, hey, you're my son or daughter. How great would it be if the voice you heard every single day was the voice of God saying, I love you. I really do, knucklehead. I am so glad that you're here. How great would it be if you heard God saying, I'm proud of you. I know that nobody understands just how hard you're working right now, but I do. God whispers encouragement to us. Our world is screaming discouragement at you every day, but God whispers encouragement. Hey, I'll just tell you, this is why, this is part of the reason that we are the kind of church that we are here at Connect, you know? I mean, I'm not afraid to tell you and to say to myself, hey, there are things in my life that don't really line up with God's best, 
but we're just not gonna beat people up and tear them down because there are enough voices that are doing that in the world. Instead, we wanna speak the same life-giving words of encouragement that I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to us each and every day. God whispers encouragement. I also believe that God whispers warnings. So God whispers encouragement, but there are times where we need warning from God. If you look in Matthew chapter number two, verse 12, we kind of have a, a portion of the nativity story, the Christmas story. Maybe you remember the three wise men bringing their gifts to baby Jesus, right? So in this particular story, the Bible tells us when it was time for these wise men to leave, they returned to their own country by another route for God had warned them in a dream to not return the same way. See, there are times where God has to warn us about something. You know, in my old school traditional church, we used to say, God will give you a check in your spirit, right? It's a little bit of Christianese for you. It's God's way of saying, check yourself before you wreck yourself. That is not the way I want you to go. And instead, if you'll follow me, if you'll turn and go in a different direction, I want to do something different in your life. So God will whisper warnings to us and you need to be able to hear those warnings. I believe God will whisper warnings in which he says, don't do it, don't, don't do that, don't, don't do that. Maybe you're about to type on Facebook and you're gonna tell that person what an idiot they are and how they're wrong about everything they just said. And God's like, don't do that, don't do that. It's not worth it. It's not gonna help anything. And it's not a good reflection of me as your heavenly father. Don't do it. I believe, you know, you might be driving on Deerfoot and you wanna give the one finger salute to the guy in the next lane over. And the Holy Spirit gives you a warning. He's like, okay, he actually deserves it, but you, shil- you still shouldn't do it, okay? This is not helpful. It's not good. This is not the person that I've called you to be. God gives us warnings in which he says, you could go that way but I'd rather you not. And the reason that God gives us these kind of warnings, the reason he would say don't do it is not so that God can control you. It's so that God can spare you. God wants to spare you from the heartache that comes from self-destructive actions, thoughts, and speech. God will whisper and he'll say, no, you're my son, you're my daughter. I love you. You don't have to respond to this situation in this way. God whispers warnings and he might say something like, hey, it's time to end the secret. Maybe there's something you're carrying around and you've been carrying it for a long time and you've never shared it with anybody else. It was something that you did that you have a great deal of regret over or maybe it was something that was done to you and you carry a lot of heartbreak over that. And I just believe the Holy Spirit is saying to some of you even right now, it's time to end that secret. It's time to close the chapter or to close that chapter and to move into the next one in your life. It is time to come out of the darkness and into the light. God says, I want to exchange your ashes for beauty. Will you let him? God says, I want to take you from death into true and overflowing life. I just, there are some of you and you're carrying a burden all by yourself. You've been carrying it because you've been afraid to be honest with somebody about it. And God is saying, it is time to end that secret because I have something better in store for you than past wounds, heartache, and regret. I think if God is calling you to end the secret, he would probably also be whispering to you, get some help, get some help. 
There are some of you, and you've tried so hard to overcome, you know, sins or addictions or habits or ways of thinking and relating, and you've tried and tried and tried, and you've never been able to experience a breakthrough. Maybe it's possible that you've never experienced a breakthrough because you've always been trying to have the breakthrough on your own. If you were to bring in someone else, somebody who could genuinely help you get over this hurdle and to where God wants you to be, you would experience something different than you have up to this point. Now, listen, I really don't believe you should tell everybody on the planet your business, okay? But you should tell somebody your business. Somebody should know where you're struggling, where you need help. Somebody should be there to help carry your burdens. This is why we highlight our connect groups every single Sunday. Because in a, look, nobody's carrying your burden in the movie theater seat next to you. They don't know you. It's dark. They can't even see your face super well. But you get into a connect group, you meet some great people, and you start to be honest. We call those kind of the front lawn conversations after a connect group is over and everybody's getting ready to leave. And you know, there are just two of you left and you start standing around and you're like, hey man, can you pray for me? I've really been struggling with something. All of a sudden you're being honest and you're getting help. I believe God is whispering warning to you saying, if you don't get help, you're never gonna get beyond where you're stuck right now. I think God whispers not only encouragement and warning, I believe God whispers direction to us regularly. Look at what the book of Isaiah says. Isn't this a cool verse? Your own ears will hear God. Right behind you, a voice will say, this is the way you should go. It'll be directing you to the right or to the left. Man, how good would that be, right? You're going through the day, you got options. I don't know where I should go, God. What's your best for me? And there's a still small voice, a whisper in your ear. And it says, hey, this is the way that you should go. In big things, in small things, the book of Isaiah tells us that God will give us direction if we'll listen to his voice. So the direction God might give you, it might sound like this. The, the whisper might say, slow down, slow down. God is constantly telling me this, you guys. I'm always like, okay, so what's next? Where are we going? How come we're not at this stage? Or I'm trying to hit that milestone. What's next? And God's like, can you just slow down and breathe a little bit, bro? It'll be okay. I'm gonna get you where you wanna go. But in the meantime, there's a reason I have you where you are. Amber talked about this last week in her message. It's trusting God even while we're waiting. God may say to you, just slow down and trust the process that he's trying to accomplish in your life. On the flip side of that, God might also be saying, hey, now's the time. There are some things in your life and God's like, what are you waiting on? Let's, come on, man, get out of your seat. Let's go, now's the time. You need to speak up. This is your opportunity. The scripture says, today is the day of salvation. There is never a moment in which we should be waiting to respond to God. And so the Holy Spirit might be saying to you, look, you've sat in this theater for week after week after week and you've been putting off a, a decision, but now's the time. Now's your time. God is calling you to take your next step. That's the other thing that I think the Holy Spirit could be witness, or whispering rather to you. Take your next step. Take your next step. Now, maybe you're like, but Dan, I don't really know what my next step is. Well, if you don't know what your next step is, can I invite you to next steps after the service? You see what I did there? Next steps and then next steps. Dang, Pastor Clever. No, he's not. He's cheesy. But here's the deal. I just think that God could reveal your next step 
maybe through a group like Next Steps. That's the whole reason we call it Next Steps because we want you to discover who God created you to be and how he wants you to make a difference in the world. God is directing you. The question is whether or not you're gonna listen to his whispers of direction. And finally, I think God whispers dreams to us. I really do. I think God whispers dreams. Now look, um, in a few weeks, the last Sunday of this series, we're gonna talk about whether God actually speaks to us in dreams, like sleep dreams or through signs or miracles and how can you know if it's God or a bad burrito? You know, I mean, we're gonna talk about all that stuff, okay? But for today... Can I just show you here what Psalm 20 verse four says? It says, may God grant your heart's desires and make all your dreams succeed. Now, look, I I have to tell you, because you might hear that and you're like, yes, Lord, make my dream. My dream is to be rich. My dream is to live in a nice house. My dream is to be healthy. My dream is to have a hot spouse. My dream is to be Instagram famous. You know, look, God, the dreams that God give us, they're not so boring as that, because believe me, that's a boring dream. God wants to accomplish eternal dreams through you. He wants to do something that will make a difference, not just for the next 30 years of your life, but will make a difference in eternity for people. I'm just telling you, God wants to give you a dream, a dream that is so big that the only way you're ever going to be able to accomplish it is through his power, his grace in your life. You say, well, Dan, God's not speaking any dreams to me. Yes, he is. You just haven't been listening. Yes, he is. You just haven't been listening. The the sort of dreams that God whispers to you, they, they would require him to say things like, trust me, trust me, you can trust me. I've learned after 20 years of following Jesus, the the biggest regrets I carry in life are times when I didn't trust God. I didn't take him at his word. I thought I knew what was best and I found out I should have trusted him. The, The best times in my life have been the times where I trusted God the most and I stepped out in faith and I allowed him to do bigger things than I could have ever dreamt on my own. God is saying, trust me. And I'm telling you, God is trustworthy. I believe God is saying to all of us, when it comes to our faith relationship with him, when he's whispering a dream about who he's called us to be, we're gonna have to go all in with him. You you can't be half in and half out with Jesus. You're either all in or you're all out. Now, I know that's a hard saying. I get it. You're like, I'm just kind of, I'm testing the waters. I wanna test this thing out. Fine, that's fine. But eventually you've gotta come to a point of decision. You can't be lukewarm forever. You gotta be hot or cold. You gotta be in or you gotta be out. You've gotta choose to follow Jesus or choose to ignore him, one or the other. But I believe God's spirit speaks to us and he says, you can go all in with me. I'm trustworthy. You can jump in this great adventure with me and I'll do bigger things than you ever thought possible. And finally, I just think God is calling you. He's whispering to you that you can make a difference. You really can. Guys, we say this almost every single week. You were not meant to simply go through life accumulating stuff and experiences and then die as if none of it matters. You were put here on purpose for a purpose. And that purpose is to make an eternal difference in people's lives. Listen, I believe with all of my heart that some of you guys are gonna be in heaven one day and there's gonna be some rando that walks up to you and they're gonna be like, hey, the first time I ever went to church, you were the first person I saw. And you were standing out front with that stupid little sign going like this, smiling. And you know what? It made me feel glad to be there. 
so that by the time I got into a seat, I lowered my defenses and I listened to that fool on stage talk for 30 minutes and it changed everything for me. It doesn't matter whether your service is big or small. It doesn't matter whether we see everything you're doing or not. God does, and it is making a difference. If you say, well, Dan, I'm not making a difference right now. You can, you can. Connect church. In fact, the entire church of Jesus, wherever it is around the world, it is full of normal people like you who have accepted God's gracious forgiveness into their life. They've been empowered and transformed to be and to live differently than the world around them, and they're making a difference. So can you. So God whispers. The question is, how are we gonna respond? I think we should say, God, I'm listening. I'm listening. There's a story in the Old Testament about a young boy, and he lays down to go to sleep at night, and he keeps hearing this voice. And uh, he doesn't know what the voice is all about. And so he goes to the the pastor and he says, hey, pastor, uh, what's going on here? I keep hearing this voice. And the pastor says to him, actually, it might be God trying to speak to you. So the next time you go lay down and you hear this voice kind of playing out in your head, I want you to say this, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. If I could get you to say anything today, it would be this, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. I wanna hear your voice. I wanna hear that whisper that is speaking words of encouragement. I want to hear the warnings that keeps me on the proper path. I want to hear these words of a purpose that you want to speak into my life. God, I'm listening. I want to hear your voice. We have a God who speaks. The question is whether or not we're listening. And then the last thing you might say, you might say, okay, God, I'm listening and I'll obey. This is where it gets hard. This is where the rubber meets the road. John 14, chapter, uh, John chapter 14, verse 23. Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my words. Look, it's not enough to just sit here and hear a nice, encouraging message like this, but you've got to respond. And I believe that God is speaking maybe one of these phrases to you. He's speaking these words of encouragement. He's speaking these words of warning. He's speaking these words of purpose over you. And the reason that he's doing that is because he has something he wants you to respond to. So will you listen? Will you respond? My prayer is that you will. Jesus, I lift up each and every person that's here. And God, whether they know you yet or not, I pray they would be so bold as to say, God, if you're speaking, I wanna listen to your voice. And that God, they would hear the purity, the goodness, the beauty that you speak to them with. And that God, they would respond in faith and obedience to whatever it is that you're calling them to do. Give us ears to hear, God. We wanna hear more from you in the days to come. And we pray that you'd make this possible through Jesus, our savior and your Holy Spirit. We ask this in his name, amen.